I feel like fiat culture, it wanted to democratize beauty in a way, but the way they did it was not by giving beauty to everyone, but by taking beauty away. So now everyone has ugliness. With Bitcoin culture, we are going to have beauty again, and we do deserve it. This is the Bitcoin Muse, and I'm Clay Enos. Today I'm joined by painter, illustrator, engraver, and now screen printer Flo Montoya, whose self-described obsession with Bitcoin has her expanding her skills and tapping art history's masters to explore deep and perennial concepts like justice, love, and hope. She got on my radar because of her wonderful illustrations for the book Rhyming Bitcoin, published in collaboration with Brecky and Simon. But as you'll hear, her ideas and talents are wide-ranging and ever-expanding. From fine art traditions to the aesthetics of activism, flow is a font of creativity. Based in Santiago, Chile, that seemingly remote South American base has her connecting with and being inspired by other Bitcoin artists online. In perusing her social feeds linked in the show notes, it's obvious how the work of others is stoking the fire of her own creativity and allowing her unpretentious and generous spirit to join the growing chorus of Bitcoin-inspired endeavor around the world. Be sure to follow Flo as you listen to our chat and to share, rate, and subscribe to the Bitcoin Muse. Any support you can show me puts wind in my sails. And any reposting of my Twitter and Oster feeds is the simplest of asks if you're not using a podcasting 2.0 app like Fountain or Breeze. Remember, 10% of all those streams and boosts split to help OpenSats fund Bitcoin and other free and open source projects. So thank you. We'll properly start, maybe. Or we'll just get going. I don't. It's really like a weird conversation where I, we get to know each other and we talk mm-hmm. about Bitcoin and we're both artists and we'll see where it takes us. Cool. I just see the importance of what you're doing, like taking time to build this podcast, to talk to people who maybe some people do come from technology, but maybe some of us don't. I'm not a very technological person. Like I'm very, very lucky because my family is very technological and Bitcoiner. So I get a lot of help home, but I feel like what I learn, what I understand, what with, with all this help, I, I try to communicate through my art because I feel like other people like me might connect with that better and then get to understand other stuff about Bitcoin and about what we're trying to do. <laughs> Yeah, because that's kind of what artists do, right? We talk to people through a very particular sliver of their entire sensory system. A musician might come in through the ears. Mm -hmm. We kind of come in through the eyes to let people understand. You got on my radar because of Rhyming Bitcoin, the children's book. And that too is a very particular, those are the children's eyes. Yes. Which may be the most wonderful ones to address. Yes, I think that... We're going to have, of course, native Bitcoiners. And the more conscious we are about it, the more we can help them. And I was looking at a video the other day from um, a girl. I don't know how old she was, but maybe like 13 or something. And she understood Bitcoin in a natural way, much better than many grown-ups. And she said in the video, like, I don't know much about fiat. And I hope I never do know much about fiat, you know? And that gave me so much hope. And that's exactly, I think, what the project of Rhyming Bitcoin was all about. It's making children comfortable with these topics and do not make the same mistakes. Like children are intelligent human beings. 
capable of understanding, like don't underestimate them. Also, I think there's a nice aspect of a, like parenthood. If this is really important to you, it's really nice to connect with your child about a topic that's important to you. Like, I feel like the connection is even bigger. Like, if you're going to read them a story about, I don't know, the Cinderella or wherever, why not about something that matters to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's probably all kinds of parents' groups deciding which books are appropriate, right? They're making very careful decisions what they read their kids. This is a, a perfect way to do that and to bond. <laughs> and to be fair, depending on some adults, it might be a nice entree for the adult <laughs> to rethink their world. We actually did include some like tiny Easter eggs in the book, in the drawings. We tried to make it also like kind of funny for the parents. If you look up the names of the characters, there is more to it. Great. Well, I'll leave that to future readers to find with their children or by themselves, in my case. <laughs> we wanted it to be, I mean, the, the words are, of course, very important. Uh, we try to build a lot of art and, and that's why the pictures are like so big and colorful because we wanted it to be a, a special piece by itself. Like, of course, yeah, it's a, child, a child's book, but... We wanted it to be also like a coffee table book, you know? I felt that very much. And it got me thinking, there are so many complicated ideas inside Bitcoin if you come at it from a technological perspective. But then to make accessible imagery that isn't just or Bitcoin bees or mm -hmm. right, kind of very obvious symbolic stuff. The puppet masters, right, was, <laughs> was a really one that sticks out. I'm not, I don't have that open to that page right now. But those ideas made visual really do become conversation starters, like coffee table books. That was a hope. <laughs> do you find that difficult? Was that hard for you? I mean, obviously I had words in this book in particular, You were complimenting words. But if you reverse it, theoretically, you can almost move through this book and make up your own words as you explain these ideas to kids. Yeah. Was that hard? Was that a hard process? It took a lot of time and work, but we used to meet with Breki to talk about it, to discuss the, uh, what do you, what is coming up to your head in this moment. I created some characters and I was like, do you like them? And he was... Uh, he told me, like, this is not what I had pictured, but let's do it. Let's go for it. And I'm really like a teamwork. Like, I feel like that's where the best ideas come from. You have one tiny bit and the other one builds on top of that and it just gets better. So it was really fun. A collaborative art form. I work mm -hmm. in one. I work in the movies. And so mm -hmm. I witness all these different technicians and artists come together to tell a story. And you're doing the same thing in this case with Brecky. Beautiful. I also noticed though that there's that same spirit in your Twitter feed as I was perusing it, trying to get to know you before this conversation. You're wonderfully supportive of other Bitcoin artists. I really, really like Bitcoin art. <laughs> What is it about Bitcoin art that you love? It really speaks to me. My perspective on art has always been that there's never enough of us. I would never want some art not to exist, you know? Even if I don't want to maybe hang it in my wall, I think that in this case, the more the better because it's each one is a unique perspective. And when you cross that with Bitcoin, it's like you make the universe, you know? Like we're talking about the same topics, but each one of us comes from a different background and can give a different view. And I feel like if you could put all of it in a room, it would be like a complete image, like we're working on the same thing. 
even if we don't want to or we don't know each other, it's like team effort, you know? Yeah, and I also like just love it. When Bitcoin goes to the moon, I'm going to buy it all for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. In doing this podcast, it takes a lot not to participate with every artist <laughs> that I yeah. speak with. Thankfully, I'm fiat constrained right now, so it's I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really nice. In looking at your paintings, you have a fine art background, reading mm -hmm. in your bio, two different schools. I got reminded of Degas a little bit. There was a, a photographic quality, a kind of casualness to certain scenes. At the, and speaking now of, of your fine art paintings, not the mm -hmm. Bitcoin stuff. Obviously, he was an impressionist. He was working with other artists and they were all sitting in their cafes, probably shitting on the salon system or whatever. <laughs> and now we do that over Twitter. Yeah, I studied art for many years, first in a traditional school and then in the university. When I was finishing, I wasn't I knew about Bitcoin, I think I might have already bought, but it wasn't like speaking to me that much. And all my works were about just the, how do you say, like the daily life. I think that led me to Bitcoin because it was, I was representing the, the things that are not important, like the everyday, like the small things. But when you think back, it's that small things that you do with people, I guess it's where you really are connecting with them you know, and the crossover with Bitcoin was like, this is part of my life now. And at the point it made sense, it, it also became like an obsession. So I couldn't stop, but it started like that. Like this is life itself, you know, you have a, it looks like three women or something in a living room and everybody's, it's almost the end of a party. I can picture <laughs> beer bottles on the yeah. table or something. I love that. <laughs> Edward Hopper comes to mind a little bit too, because as you say, it's an everyday moment that's mm -hmm. brought forward with profundity. I guess nowadays with a Bitcoin obsession, if we could see their eyes, they'd be rolling their eyes as you're talking about <laughs> some aspect of <laughs> the time chain. Well, given that you had this very, very personal, very reflective style, how have you brought that to your passion of Bitcoin? I am, how do you call it? Like, I don't really uh, plan ahead. Like, I'm, I like, have, I have an idea and I do it. Spontaneous, I think. Yes. I do things and then I sit back and I, I have to think, why? What happened? <laughs> why did I do this? And I, I realized that in my subconscious, the thought has already formed, but I couldn't express it in words. So I had to put it through image and then the words came to me. Yeah, that's actually how my head works. So I wouldn't actually know how <laughs> how did I end up here. <laughs> I think that's my head is still trying to understand Bitcoin, you know? Like sometimes you feel like you get it and then it's like this is way more complex. This is, I cannot hold the, the whole idea. Like I think that I know what's going to happen, but I actually don't. It's way too big. So I try to... Uh, okay, let's grab this concept. I started with the physical things I saw. Like my father, we came to know Bitcoin because of a use case, actually, first. And then number go up, came and was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> so uh, my father uses to write the addresses when he was using them down. And he's like very meticulous. And this I'm talking like more than five years ago. And he had a notebook with the addresses right down. And when he uses one, he 
crosses it over and then writes another one and down. And I felt like that was so beautiful. And so it started for me, like not even wanting to say anything. I don't want to teach you anything. I just think this is beautiful. And then the concept started flowing and the current series I'm working on is more like what is Bitcoin? So I have made a bunch of drawings and each one of them is only one concept, like Bitcoin is hope. And I focus on hope, 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 hope. And then I'm done. And now uh, Bitcoin is revolution. And it is revolution, revolution all the time. And I like revolution, ah, I can't stop. And then next one. But I can't, it's too much for me, like to put it all in one thing, concept, object. <laughs> that's beautiful. And it's probably very, that's a smart way to go, given that the immensity of what seems to be unfolding, <laughs> it's probably smart tactically to address each idea individually. That beautiful image of your father's address is being handwritten. That's worked itself into your work, has it not? I feel like I saw some of that on the honey badgers. Yeah, yeah. So I started, I just took a paper, I, I generated a bunch of addresses with my wallet and started to write them down. This was like the first approach. And I realized that this is... This can be used like a pixel. If you put one number or one character darker and one very thin and light, you get contrast so you can build an image. So I started building images with that. Everything like hand, hand uh, written, hand. Hand drawn, hand written. Uh -huh. That was like the first step. And then I just kept moving like okay now i maybe not going i'm i might not going to use it as a pixel i'm just going to add it in the background or i don't know and it's always present in my drawings and this evolved even further so the current drawing i'm doing now is going to be called bitcoin is love it doesn't even have any addresses on it it's like in my head like i feel like if you have seen what i've done it will make sense to you but if you don't, maybe it's just another drawing, you know? It's evolving. That's healthy, too, just creatively, <laughs> right? So often we might get stuck in a particular mm -hmm. place. And given the dynamic world of Bitcoin, I think it's appropriate for artists to keep going as well. Yeah, right? but it, it also does come back. I, I'm doing another piece. I'm learning a new technique. It's called, I think, um, serigraphy. Or screen printing screen printing yes it's been so much fun and there i'm using the um, this is a, a free rose piece i'm using the address that you have to use to donate to rose this is repeated all across the the image and so it comes from the same idea but now the address has more meaning the farther I go, the more I work, I'm trying to close my my art better. Like, I want everything to make sense. I chose this technique because it made sense to me. It was like a poster technique. Even though I'm only going to make 21 uh, originals, it's about reproductibility. Like, when you can make many images, like I could print, uh, I don't know, thousands and put it all through the, the, the city. And it's like this poster imagery. I'm trying that the materials and the technique make sense with the image. Sometimes it gets better, sometimes it doesn't work, but yeah. <laughs> it's been really fun watching that unfold on your Twitter feed. You have a crosshatch technique, which is the traditional drawing technique mm -hmm. for the light and the dark, which seems to be a, your meditation. <laughs> but then, yeah, we could almost call it crosshash instead of crosshatch. 
That's cool. And well, I'll give it that to you. <laughs> so that's a big step to go from a single drawing into this highly reproducible medium of screen printing. Yeah, I have done similar things before. I used to have a metal engraving press, but now I don't. <laughs> I sold it <laughs> for more sets now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the artist equivalent of selling their chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so I did some engravings, and what I did is I made a metal engraving of a lot, like a three tiny kind of Bitcoin logos and printed with those uh, only 6.25 originals like of course the 25 is the joke I, I made a tiny one and then I framed the metal so I'm playing like the framed metal is like proof of scarce like I'm never going to print with those again and so I, I tried to and I also did another one that was print art not money so of course I said like why am I going to draw this? If I'm talking about printing, let, let's print the art as well. First of all, it's really fun to hear you talk about this whole new medium and, and you know being courageous mm -hmm. enough to expand your palette, so to speak, mm -hmm. of techniques. Do you feel like that's partly inspired by Bitcoin itself? This, as we've discussed, this large and unfolding world of Bitcoin, that the traditional artistic ways may be insufficient, that you have to keep expanding with it. Yeah, I think that I'm trying to be like, Bitcoin has made me be try to be more uh, consequent. I try to be in everything in life, like I try to be more consistent, is the word, or no? So that goes to my art as well. Like I said, like if, if I can close the idea better, I'm going to try to do it. Even if I don't know the technique, I will try to find a way. Some ideas, I guess I will never be able to materialize them because, no, I don't know, I was thinking the other day about the prints we live when you teach someone you're, you're living like a footstep, like, how is it called, like uh, in the sand? like Footprint. Okay. So I wanted to make a shoe that would leave a footprint and, you know, but then I was like, I have no idea how shoes are made. This is way too complicated. Maybe someday, bye. <laughs> and that has happened to me with many ideas. Like I'm, I don't know anything about sculpture, but I have an idea that I think it only would work with uh, because I want I wanted to play with time, and I feel like if you want to talk about time, like let's spend time talking about time. So I wanted to use like I have these uh, sand clocks, hourglass, uh, yeah, and and work with that. But I don't know anything about sculpture, so that's going to have to wait, <laughs> and, you know, and I don't want to talk about it. I, I could do a drawing of, I don't know, Dalí's melting clocks, and we can talk about time. But I feel like the idea would be much more interesting and closed if I do it the other way. In that way, I think it's about Bitcoin that in this search for <laughs> consistency, it makes me try to think the best way I, I can imagine to talk about these topics. Yeah, hard too, because mm -hmm. it, and that does require humbleness if you've already had ideas, but you don't have the techniques or the knowledge. You have to just let that idea go, which yeah. is not always easy, but there's no. a constant humbling of your own <laughs> skills. I have the hope that maybe in the future I will be able to know someone who knows how to do shoes and we'll get together and we'll make it happen. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, maybe you have to talk to Lena. 
Maybe yes, I love her work. I can picture a beach sandal because that's the best place to leave a footprint. Yes. Beach sandal <laughs> with some messaging on the bottom. Maybe you work with the Bitcoin beach guys. I actually did start it like, maybe I have to look around and I ask here in Chile, like, okay, you are a shoe building company. I don't know <laughs> how much would it cost me to make a, because it's not the shoe, it's the the thing that goes uh, underneath it. The sole. The sole. And it was like, no, 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 that's too expensive for one shoe to make an idea happen, <laughs> maybe in the future. <laughs> there is some 3D printing of flexible rubbers. Mm, cool. Let's put this idea out there. Maybe someone will get inspired. What you have been inspired by are big topics like hope and love. Mm -hmm. Those have deep and long traditions in the arts. Are you reaching back and being inspired by works that have been done prior? Absolutely. I think that's my art background, traditional art. I'm always thinking about this has already been spoken about in such a perfect and beautiful way. Why not go back there and see if I can quote this because the concept is already there. It's perfect. So I only need like, can you borrow me your concept of love? Thank you. Now I'll add the Bitcoin spice on top and we're ready. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Who have you been inspired by on those topics? Oh, I'm really bad with names because I remember the image more than the art. But for hope, I used the raft of the Medusa. Oh, sure. Is it Delacroix or Jericho? It's one of the two. I think Jericho. Jericho. And from Delacroix, I think I used freedom leading the people, something like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you know the French Revolution? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that one I used for Bitcoinist Revolution. For Bitcoin is freedom. I use the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and for, well, Bitcoin is justice. I, I just did a quick search of a justice uh, sculpture that I liked. And for now, the one I'm working now, it's called Lovers Running from Storm. So in my head, it's like Lovers Running from Fiat Storm. And this is like a really, really nice couple running away with um, like a cape that's protecting them. So for me, the cape is the symbol of Bitcoin protecting this couple. And that's the image. But of course, I'm talking about love for, for humanity. Sometimes like I can't believe that someone would make or Satoshi being a group or a, or a single person would make something so great in, a, in such a generous way not taking any credit, not taking any, not, not using it to control others because I feel like that's the most common thing. Like you see around, I'm very afraid of what's happening on, on, in the world, like this orb thing and Elon Musk with Twitter trying to, I don't know, be the king of the world. I feel like that's the human, maybe it's easier to get corrupted. And this guy or this group of people didn't. And that's just pure love. Mm. And generosity. Wow. And when you are borrowing from the past works, are you the Bitcoin spice? That's really (laughs) your spice. That's you at that point, right? Are you challenged to keep it metaphorical or do you make it a little more obvious? Right? When you're when you're spicing it up, is it hot yeah. or is it more subtle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that 
I start very intense and obvious and and then it grows. Like in this series of drawings, if you go to the first one, it's the Bitcoin B, very big, and, and then it disappeared. In the last one, it's not going to even be there. Like I'm using orange color, but that probably it's going to be it. And that's why, I mean, some people might say that's not even a Bitcoin piece. I don't know, <laughs> but it closes for me. And I just try to make sense to myself. You're never going to please everyone, so I just try to feel like I'm going, like I'm doing the most consistent thing <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks are challenged to obscure the obvious, right? Mm -hmm. I, because the raft of the Medusa was telling a bigger metaphorical story. Right? Or I think of Goya, who was in deep protest against the Spanish crown. So he had to really couch his messaging. Mm -hmm. And in our case, because we have to kind of avoid the propagandistic obvious. So if you're doing that, then sounds like you're being quite successful and you're finding closure, as you say, with your work. I think we're in that point, right, where we're trying to break through from the obvious into the deeply artistic, metaphorical realm. I don't know if there's no question in there, but it sounds like you're on it. I, I think that also for me, it's like in a personal level, I feel like sometimes when there's not, when the Bitcoin, I don't know, logo or name or something is not that obvious, it's more aesthetic aesthetic for me. I enjoy it better. I put him in the place that I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking about Bitcoin companies. And she said to me, now there are Bitcoin companies, like when the internet started and they were like ama.com company. But in, I don't know how many years, everything will be Bitcoin companies. So that's not going to make any sense. It's like... Um, that made me th think about, like, I try to do that in my art as well. Like, of course, I use the the Im imaginary that uh, we know we are in, in a moment and I want people to understand what I'm saying and to connect with it. But also I'm thinking about this is bigger. I made a drawing that's the honey badger and it just says don't care. And the don't care is made by these little addresses. It's not saying Bitcoin in any place, but it's saying Bitcoin everywhere, if you know, like this pop culture, you know? I, I really like to play with that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And your work really spreads from this deeply, almost impressionist work mm -hmm. into now screen printing and pop culture with a mission, the Free Ross, obviously, with a very heartfelt mission attached. Yeah. Are there other Bitcoin artists around you or are you kind of leading the charge down there for Chile? Here? Yeah. Home? No. I don't know others, but for example, the um, guy who is helping me with the screen print, he was, um, we went to the university together. Of course, we get to talk and because he's helping me in this project and he's becoming very interested in it, but it's not his passion, you know? It's like, yeah, I've heard about this, cool. <laughs> But he has his own search. He's looking for his own thing. And that's cool too. Not everyone has to have the same obsession. And that's also very cool. <laughs> yeah. And if we're right, as you say, 
there won't be Bitcoin artists. We'll all just be artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same sort of situation. I remember I'm, I'm working with a friend. She's more a Bitcoiner. Not completely. I'm always trying to take her away from the shit coins, but she's an, how do you, jewelry maker? Like she makes jewelry maker. Yes. And we're making a ring together. Like it has been a very long process, but, and this is, um, it's going to be like a, a Satoshi seal ring. And we, I hope to have it soon. <laughs> and yeah, that's a collaboration with a Chilean artist. And jewelry is one of those things because you wear it, because human adornment is older than most things in the human experience, art and jewelry, mm-hmm. I suspect the folks down there tracing their hands in the caves of France were wearing jewelry. So it might predate art. Yeah, absolutely. I always love when that becomes the place. And it's maybe fitting that we try and apply this latest iteration of money and start attaching it to these deep traditions like jewelry. I think it helps us as artists ground our effort. Yeah. There's stability in knowing human adornment has been around for a while. And if I can put some Bitcoin on top or in it, then I can make my next step. <laughs> and you seem to be doing that. You seem to be making each step in your own artistic curiosity gets grounded and cemented with Bitcoin. Yeah, it's an obsession. (laughs) I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Your website isn't overly Bitcoin-centric, though. There's a little BTC tab. You know, that's because I'm really bad with technology. (laughs) That's the only reason. (laughs) I only want to sit down and do my little drawings and forget about everything else. And of course, that's not possible. I'm learning about, I don't know, self-management. I, well, life has got me there. Like I, my normie jobs have been all about marketing. And that's so funny because I don't market myself. I get really, it's embarrassing to me. I can't play a character, but then I have like, life is teaching me. Like I started a new job recently. I'm working as a community manager for the account Love is Bitcoin. I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, I follow her. Yeah, it's about also marketing and all. And it's really fun. And it's really funny, like, how this is teaching me. This is how you have to do. You have to be there. You have to learn. You have to think about a complete thing. You can't just do the art. You have to sell the art. Get to show it. Don't be embarrassed or anything. And just play and go along and see what happens. (laughs) The deepest irony is the people who are really trying to make the world a beautiful place, teach, inspire, we fail at the last step, which is getting it seen and and sustainable for us to keep doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Bitcoin will return us to this, you know, where they, I'm forgetting the word, where you're sponsored by an artist, by maybe Uh, like the Medici's, right? Uh I know it in Spanish, but yeah. What is it in Spanish? El Mecenas. Mecenas. Okay. <laughs> like a benefactor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> right? Or just someone to do my website. I don't need a full sponsor. <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah. No, please. <laughs> I, I want to learn about it. I'm, it. One of my purposes now is, well, first, this is really silly, but I'm in, a, in an amazing group that's the Scarcity Group, full of cool artists. 
and I haven't made one auction because I'm too in myself too like deep in my own work and I haven't even got there to see like how does this work and that's just so I get mad at myself I have this great opportunity to be this with this great group of people and I could show my work with their help and and the system they, they have built and I haven't even done that and I also want to create like merchandising with my art this has been a long uh, idea like I, we, I have made like t-shirts for me for my family we like to play along with like play with these things and people had asked me hey do you sell that t-shirt and I'm like oh, no I haven't made a website I haven't you know oh I haven't edited my picture like I, I oops I didn't know how to erase the background like I'm learning those stuff now and it's like just I, yeah I feel like it's silly but I'm learning. I will get there. <laughs> Obviously, most people don't know how to do oil painting or charcoal or engraving. So your skill sets are somewhere else. Yeah. You can forgive yourself, but get on it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the world is waiting. <laughs> Lena and I had that similar conversation a couple episodes back, and it is our burden. And also, well, patience too. You don't want to half-ass it, right? You want to properly learn these things, mm -hmm. and that takes time. And we value learning things properly, and we value people taking their time to do things. So you shouldn't rush it either. There's the famous saying, you can only have two things. You can have it good, fast, or cheap, but you only get two. Mm -hmm. So if you want it good, it's not going to be fast. It might be cheap, but it'll take a long time. I do not get fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. And I think we should never sacrifice quality, right? It should always be good. Yeah, that really made sense to me when I, I did hear the um, the conversation you had with Lina. She talks about, like, she's thinking about the client and, and that. I felt like that, that was really special and it really made sense to me. Like, this is what I do when I work in marketing, you know, like the focus is on the client. But I hadn't thought about it through my art you know and then I, I stood there like yes I do not take commissions like I don't like them um, when I take them it's never I don't know it doesn't work for me but I do try to put the most quality in the most time in everything I do the idea to think about it to execute it and that's also very client focused in a way if you like what I do I'm going to try to do my best I will try that you receive the best I could do in that moment mm -hmm. yeah I mean and that is ultimately right you have to be proud of it and there'll be a customer and given <laughs> that the internet connects you with far more people than just a small Santiago art scene it's pretty great yes and those scarce city folks seem amazing. Everybody seems yes. to be tapping into them. I see them more and more. I, I need to speak with somebody over there and hear more about their mission. They're cool. I think that they're doing such a great job because I also like this group thinking. It's not about one person. It's not about, now oh, this is the best one and the others don't matter. No, it's about collectivity. I really like what they're doing. And I did work with them once when I was able to go to my um, Bitcoin 2022, I think, last year, I guess. I don't remember. And I auctioned a piece with them, and it was very cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. The one that got auctioned was Bitcoin is Hope with the Raft of the Medusa. Um, 
I made a drawing and it was used for a label on a whiskey bottle from a guy who does whiskey, Bitcoiner whiskey, I don't know. And he made uh, only 256 bottles and each, and each one of those was uh, intervened by one artist. So the person who auctioned the art became also the bottle and it was only that one bottle. So it was so much fun. Wow, that sounds like a great resource for me to start picking out the Bitcoin artists. <laughs> there aren't as many as I would have imagined. So I need people to start sending me people to talk to. As I said, I'm really bad with names, but I use my Twitter to remember them, to see what they're doing, to because I really, oh, there's, there's so much good work, and so much beauty and intelligence. It's really fascinating. Do you think that we are looking up? So much of the world is a shit show and clown world. Do you think in the arts that we are through it? that Bitcoin is going to keep inspiring artists who are going to lead the charge towards the bright orange future? I think it's one big important aspect. Yeah, I think uh, I was thinking about the last piece, uh, the love is, the Bitcoin is love, sorry. And I was just writing down some thoughts and I got to think that fiat culture you know, like the aesthetic is really ugly. And sometimes I feel like fiat culture is not just about, it, it wanted to democra democrat, oh, how do you say it? Democratize. Democratize uh, beauty in a way, but the way they did it was not by giving beauty to everyone, but, but taking beauty away. So now everyone has ugliness. But I feel like the words that aren't being said out loud is you do not deserve beauty. I don't know why, but that's the feeling I get. I feel like with Bitcoin culture, we are going to have beauty again. And we do deserve it. And everyone deserves it. And you see that all around in the buildings. Buildings used to be so, so pretty, so much detail. And that was beauty kind of for free for everyone. Like you gave beauty to others. I don't know how is it in the States, but here in Chile... Everything is getting uglier and since it's become very insecure, people is building these huge walls and you can't see through on streets and streets are ugly. And now with this climate change, people don't even have like grass outside. Let's do this ecological, I don't know how it's called, like landscaping thingies. Zeroscaping. Uh-huh. That is like, well, if you want to, like in the city I live, if you want to have like the species, the nature that was really here, it's like nothing. <laughs> it's almost like very desert, like, I don't know, this kind of small trees with that, uh, ugh, I don't know the word, but... Cactuses. Yeah, like those kind of things. I, I don't like them <laughs> that much. <laughs> it's like, yeah, do, do not deserve beauty. Wow. Wow. So then we are on the front lines. Yes. <laughs> We're going to fight back with beauty. Yes. That's a pretty cool sword to wield. <laughs> a beauty sword smashing forward. Well, I'm glad you're leading the charge. <laughs> Look, I think we've explored a lot today. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I, I have had so much fun and I'm very grateful to be here. And I love talking about Beacon. I could go for hours, so you have to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we're all in that same place. 
this is what this podcast was, was to kind of channel my energy into one particular space of artists and people being inspired by Bitcoin. So now I just talk about my podcast at dinner instead of <laughs> all the other things. No, I've, with maturity, I learned to pick my battles, I guess, you know. Yeah. What is it? You get Bitcoin at the price you deserve? Oof, yes. Yeah. I made the mistake of orange peeling too hard and then people buy at the top and then they have to wait for the bear market. This bear market that has been so weird and they don't even know. They are not interested in maybe in learning the fundamentals. They are just like waiting for this to go up again and sell and go running away and never look back. And I feel so bad. I feel like I, that was a stupid mistake. I, I should have been like more calm and if you want to learn here it is but not that pushy well I, I this was my learning from the last bull market <laughs> yeah sure no yeah I've got a, a number of friends in it 50 and 60 so <laughs> yeah. in, in US dollars but then also I would never recommend it without saying wait four years right wait of four course years. I did that I said that and of course I started talking when it was 8,000 and he decided to buy when it's 60,000 and he knows and then like I told you to buy earlier and you said I was stupid. Then you buy when it's like <laughs> super expensive and then I also told you to wait for years and you are six months later suffering. Yeah, it's your decision. But it's also teaching me not to maybe go too hard on the orange peeling. <laughs> just the same way they took beauty from us i think they took patience away too mm. they've taken a lot of the virtues yes. that humanity got us this far by embracing and if they vanquish all of those cornerstones of our progress and success then we're bound to be assaulted on all levels yeah here we are they value the the money so they take value from you but you never think about all these other things that are being taken away, it's the same exercise. And it's like value in all the, in every aspect of the world. Yeah, it's true, right. Yeah, it's not just purchasing power. Uh -huh. They're stealing your beauty. They're stealing your patience. They're stealing your children. There's whatever they are doing. Everything. Wow. Wow, that's, um, that's not the happiest way to end things. <laughs> there go all the pencils. <laughs> See? <laughs> Like I'm all the meticulous I go I'm in my work like everything I try I do and I don't know in my real life it's not like that I'm like very messy like if you could see my table right now <laughs> <laughs> that's a sign of genius they always told me and I embraced it <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> well thank you so much for your time I hope you have a good day and I look forward to seeing your little snippets of sharing in your free Ross project and everything else. Thank you. I had so much fun. I'm really honored to be here and, and it's been amazing. There you have it. Safe to Save Flo has picked up her pencils and is back to work. Remember to follow her at Flo Montoya on Noster and to click through the show notes for her other contributions and to learn more about some of the art and projects she mentioned. Please share the Bitcoin Muse with your circles so we can flesh out people's understanding of Bitcoin through an artistic veil. Pundits have their place, but I prefer printers and painters, don't you? Thanks to my brother Brandt for the music, to you for listening, and to Flo Montoya for sharing her time, energy, and obsession with the Bitcoin Muse. Onward.